We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He was a technician, right? And so when I used to watch him, you know, you ever watch somebody and you see him come out and you say to yourself, hey, I wonder how this kid is going to be. And the more you watched him, it was like, yo, you fell in love. See, I remember the first touchdown that I saw him catch. That I was like, yo, was, dude, that was the Michigan game, right? When he went up over the top. For the touchdown. He, I don't know. He should have done this to the dude. Not before that started, but he definitely should have. He definitely should have. That was the best got him. Man, welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. None other than former Notre Dame wide receiver and former NFL wide receiver. Chris Fink, welcome into the Lucky Lefty Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for the generous intro, Sean. And hello, Malik. It's good yeah. to be on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Yo, <laughs> before we get to the breakdown of what we're going to be talking about, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm still trying to keep playing football. So I I got hurt during training camp and I'm basically right. just staying in shape and, you know, waiting to see if my agent will call me with anything coming through the pipeline. But, you know, nothing so far, but still chasing the dream as of now. How's rehab coming, man? You know, I know you were in camp with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yep. Yeah, I was with the Chiefs. Got hurt pretty early in camp. So it's been long enough now that I feel real good. So I'm just, um, you know, staying in shape, running routes, and working out and hoping uh, hoping I get another opportunity. But we'll see. So the Lucky Lefty podcast, we say we spin it different. Nice. Is the, is the spin different? From uh, yeah, talk talk about the spin. Yeah, the spin different from Patrick Mahomes. Did you get an opportunity to catch a ball from that dude? I did. The spin, the spin itself, if we're taking it literally, I would say is not that different. (laughs) Yeah, we're taking it literally. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) so I, you know, I I was a you know undrafted guy. I got signed in the offseason free agent, so I I started kind of at the bottom. I did work my way up to get a few reps with the ones and. There's this one specifically where it's just like a four verts concept, and uh, in the huddle, he's just he's calling the play. He goes, "All right, where's my seam?" And I, you know, I say, "That's me." He's like, "All right, you like Nicholas can come down on you. You got to get around him and then snap around him real quick. It's gonna be in your chest." And like exactly as he said it, it happened. Like I watched it on film, and like I, I'm barely finished with my release, and he's cocked back, about to throw the ball, and like squeezing like a tiny window, and like it, I mean, he's just on like a different level. Man, we got Chris Fink here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Before we get into the breakdown of the Notre Dame wide receivers against the Oklahoma State wide receivers in the Fiesta Bowl, 
your thoughts about Marcus Freeman as the head coach. And kudos to you and some of your former teammates. I want to say you guys really had a spaces days before the announcement came and pretty much just said, yo, this this dude is the next head coach at Notre Dame. Did you guys really feel that in the moment, or is that something you guys wanted to put out there and get the buzz and the vibe going in that direction? All right, let me say about the spaces. I didn't really know what a Twitter spaces was. Uh, one of my boys sent the link to it, and I just got in there. And then next thing I know, I'm talking, and then I get off, and I find out there's like 5,000 people listening. <laughs> so, uh, but it was yeah, it was Mick Asaph. I think I I don't think he knew it at that point, but I think he was trying to create some buzz. But from my standpoint, I obviously didn't know what was going to happen, but I I was hopeful that. Um, they would hire someone internally, either him or uh, Coach Reese, who, you know, I, I played for Coach Reese, so I, I know him better, but the guys who played for Coach Freeman and everything I've heard about him really like him. So I was hoping for an internal hire just to keep things, um, I guess, as close to how they are now because I think Notre Dame's in a pretty good spot the way they've been playing in the last few years and um, great spot moving forward with recruiting class and everything. So keep, keep as many guys on as you could to keep those uh, kids coming in and, um, you know, just – with an external hire could have been great. Could have been someone great, but it, it starts to feel more like a rebuild. So um, I was pretty happy with the choice to keep coach Freeman on and how much staff we were able to retain. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate, isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I mean, you talk about it. Um, just being with Tommy Reese, I played with him, and then seeing him coach, and then I played with you. So to end up playing with your offensive coordinator and playing with you is kind of weird. But talk about the difference and the change in offense that you got to see when Tommy was really running the show as opposed to when 
we had all the different types of things we had going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the type of offense. So when I when I played uh, for Coach Reese, he was the quarterback's coach except for one game, which was the bowl game. So for me personally, probably not a ton change because, you know, you go through a whole season with, with what's working and um, not a ton's going to change. He, he did throw in some cool stuff that I like, just, you know, motion guys around, getting people in different spots, just as much as you can do pretty much for like one bowl game without – you know, stripping out the offense or anything. But um, the the way I think about Coach Reese and um, how much people like to play for him is like, like you said, like you played for, you played with him. I played with you and then I played for him. So there's not like a huge age gap to like. Yeah, it's not a huge like age gap. <laughs> I can feel like I'm close with Tommy. You know what I mean? Like a guy that I can actually like be a person around and not have to be buttoned up around because he's my coach. But at the same time, like, he can be very demanding at the right times. And a lot of times when that comes from someone you respect as a peer, almost not, you know, I don't want to put it on that level too much, but uh, you know, coaches always want players to lead players because it means a lot coming from someone who you respect on that level. So some guy who you can feel comfortable around personally, and then can also get you to, you know, get locked in and get serious at the right times. Like I think that's super valuable. No doubt, no doubt. So once again, it's the Lucky 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 Podcast. I'm Sean Davis at SD2 Mike's. The original Lucky Lucky himself, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. Special guest, Chris Fink at Slippery Fox. Tan. Slippery Fox. <laughs> the perception of how we go about playing everybody throughout the country throughout the year. Big 12 isn't a, isn't a thought on our mind during the season. Like, oh, they have great teams. Just explain the perception of being in that receiver room going against different styles of defenses each and every week and how it kind of makes us feel smug talking about an Oklahoma State defense that supposedly is really good. But, you know, like you said, we're not really thinking about Big 12 of a defensive team. But just explain what that that perception and how it changes as you're playing USC one week, UNC the other week, then you're going down and playing an SEC team for the end of the year. It's kind of it's kind of encompasses all of college football almost. Right, yeah, that, that is a fun part of our schedules that we play people from all over and we're not just kind of in, in one box. But um, I think at my time there, uh, we played Texas my freshman, sophomore year, but I wasn't in those games and I wasn't really having to prepare for, for how to play them. So the, the only Big 12 team I actually played against was Iowa State, and they ran that weird, like, 3-3-5 three, three, type defense. That was yeah, that's the, that's the good team. Yeah, but um, – Yes, yeah, so you think about uh, conferences in a certain way, and and you know we played Iowa State and beat them. I don't know what it was like, thirty three to seven or something like that. So you see an Iowa State team that like all season has been like doing well in the Big Twelve, and you get on the field with them, and like for me, just kind of solidifies like how I view the Big Twelve. And I'm, I mean, this is 2019, so it's two years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. teams are good all over the place, but um, even if it's not true, I will say. Um, thinking that doesn't mean you're not going to prepare as hard if you're in the Notre Dame receiver room right now, but it could give you a little extra confidence boost. Like, all right, you know, we got these guys. Big yeah, we got so, these guys. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not true at all, just having a little more confidence going into the game, thinking like I'm better than this team, like that. that yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> it that's crazy. Yeah, especially when you talk about getting to the just explain the relaxed kind of feeling it is when you're going into a bowl game. Yeah, those 15 practices are serious. 
but it's almost like a mini a mini camp. Like you're building back up to it because you took some time off. But just explain the process of those 15 practices before the bowl game. Yeah, that is a good point. We have, especially with no uh, conference championship game, we have that week off and then find out the bowl game and get right into it. So um, you have a long time to prepare. And yeah, like you said, 15 practices, that's as much That's as much as a spring ball is, which is kind of crazy <laughs> when you think about it for, for one game. So, um, I mean, usually the first few will kind of be just getting back into it after the week off, um, not as much scheme i guess or preparation exactly for who you're going to be facing and then then they'll get into like installing specific stuff for the game um getting the broad game plan nailed down and then as the week of the game approaches you've worked all that and you're pretty solid on it they can make any tweaks to it that they like or add little new wrinkles here and there for things that have popped up on film and the further study that they like so um it's fun having a game that you can prepare for that long and just see um, all the different things that the coaches can think of, all the things that you can see in practice and relate to the coaches, um, and then finally getting to, to put it on the field after all that time and uh, culmination of your season and, you know, hoping to end on a win and go into the offseason on a high note. It's it's a really fun experience, obviously. You talk about those 15 extra practices. Who does it benefit more? I think there is a, a really good opportunity for us to benefit the younger guys. Um especially because a, a huge chunk of the practices are when school's not happening. You know, you take your finals midway through that preparation and then it's just football. So it does feel like camp again. So, you know, these kids, um, they have the opportunity if they if they want to and they should, but, you know, it takes a while for some guys to figure it out sometimes. But, you know, be in the building all the time, get in the film, ask coach everything you need to know and just feel really solid on it. Whereas, you know, in the season at – a freshman who maybe is still struggling figuring out his, his time management with class. And, you know, he's got practice on top of that and then homework or whatever. Like I said, you know, the academic stuff that he's having trouble figuring out potentially not saying these guys are, but being a freshman, I knew it was kind of a struggle at times and I didn't have to play. So, um, you know, it could be overwhelming to have to figure out what to do on the field and, and balance all your new responsibilities that you're not quite used to yet. So I think, I think this opportunity is great for young guys to have just ball, looking forward to a big game, figuring out with the coaches, getting on the field, wrapping it, getting it right. What's that crypto wallet talking about? Yeah, right, talking right, right. Right. You was up there in San Francisco ball. where all that stuff was going on. Huh? You was up in San Francisco in the beginning where all the crypto stuff, you know, Silicon Valley. I know you got into it. Look, being there doesn't mean you're involved. <laughs> You can, if you're at the Super Bowl, it doesn't mean you played in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get so, it. I mean, I got I got some chump change a little bit just because somebody told me to one time. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I'm worried about how do they how do they get such a specific comment that you've been diving into the crypto world like they exposed your secret or something? Man. I don't know. I don't know if I just look like a guy who would be doing it, which I don't think is necessarily a great thing. <laughs> yeah, that might be the new compliment moving forward, man. You like a guy that, that gets into crypto pretty heavy, man. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I want that as my as my brand. But if it happens, so what? Straight up. Lucky Lucky Podcast, <laughs> special guest Chris Fink, former Notre Dame wide receiver, NFL wide receiver, right here with myself, Sean Davis, at SD2 Mics, and Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. Now, earlier you did mention 
that you might have a piece of advice for our listeners and uh, everyone that's watching. So if, if I said, give me a three-team parlay. Oh, boy. For the NFL. You said you had the tips. So give me a good three-team parlay. For for NFL, you said? For NFL. For NFL. Oh I thought we were talking about Notre Dame still. I was just concerned minus two. Yeah, I think <laughs> – my question to you guys is, who was the best hooper on the squad? Oh, man, yeah. Who was the best question. hooper on the football team during your time in Notre Dame? I got my couple of opinions, but go I ahead. Love your team. You want me to go? I think you should go, Pete. All right. I will first I'll start by saying you ask almost anybody this on our team and they'll say themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we would we would get into some heated pickup games. Everybody thought they were the best and everybody thought, you know, that they could have gone pro in, in basketball if they chose to, but uh that actually wasn't even close to true for most guys. But uh I'll say in those pickup games, yeah, the toughest guy to have not on your team was probably Mike McGlinchey in my. Oh opinion. my god! Yes, I was gonna say Mike McGlinchey's a really good basketball player. Dude, <laughs> Dude McGlinchey. No yes, he, was he like six eight? He's like unreal. Pounds. Dude, dude, oh, I was like a, a, he's like a Euro big, or is he like he's a, like a big ass Porzingis or something? He can shoot, he can poke. Like Mike is really good. I was dude. so surprised. He does everything. Obviously, he can work you in the post. Like, if it's a pickup game amongst the football team, like, he's the biggest dude. He's going to give you some baby hooks and all that. But then he'll step out. He'll handle the ball. He'll facilitate. And he'll knock yes. out. So it was insane. Like, like, he's actually a ridiculous basketball player. I'm like, I'm like, Mike, why do you move so good? Like, I'll never forget. I'm like, Mike, you used to look so stiff doing, like, tackle work. Like, you're so unathletic. But you get on the basketball court, you got, like, a Larry Bird game. Like, you're just so – I'm talking about the drop-offs. He's over there doing traffic. <laughs> Dude, you guys have just blown my mind. Mike McGlinchey? <laughs> yep. I think He's he had such a good basketball player. He had basketball office in high school? I think he did. Oh, he had to. Because yeah. it was just – I was just like, Mike, you're playing the wrong sport in the beginning. Because he was just – he would just be so good. And then Ronnie was good, too. Ronnie was a good basketball player. But yeah. Ronnie was just kind of lazy, you know. But man, like yeah, we had some real. I mean, now you know, Ev Ev was really good at, at playing basketball. He just a ball hog. I mean, we had a lot of, yeah, a lot of great basketball play. Even Deshaun can play basketball. Yeah, Deshaun was good. a pretty good baller too. So, dude, uh, Doug Randolph. <gasps> um, I I got a story about Doug. So we, uh, we have another name. This thing called the Bookstore Basketball Tournament, which is like oh, this. Man. Really big five-on-five uh, five tournament that they play. They call it bookstore because we play it on the outdoor courts outside the bookstore. And we technically weren't supposed to be playing in it when we were there, but everybody had a team. And uh, my sophomore year, I was on a team with Deshaun Kaiser, Montgomery Van Gorder, Doug Randolph, a <laughs> uh, couple other guys. And uh, – we, we got to play one game. We eventually had to withdraw because another kid who was on the football team tore his ACL. <laughs> yeah, basketball. Yeah. Tore his ACL playing. Oh, my God. Yeah, we can talk about that later. So all, so all, the, all the coaches found out and they said, if you're on a bookstore basketball team, you better drop out right now. But <laughs> we got we got one game in. And Doug Randolph, he was a, a defensive lineman, super athletic dude. I don't oh know, like 6'4", whatever. We, our, first, our first game was against some economics professors. <laughs> and they had their wives and young children courtside watching. 
and it was just, it was so funny. It was you know little kids going go daddy go daddy. Yeah. Boom! Doug just dunking all over him, like not even like these dudes are like standing in the paint trying to take charge as like technical basketball, and Doug is just two-handed stuffing it in their faces in front of their children. Oh, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Doug was the strongest basketball player I've ever seen. Like you talking about, he wouldn't just dunk regular. Doug would be like lifting weights as he's jumping in the air <laughs> to dunk. <laughs> Such, a, but he was also pretty good. Like Doug wasn't no slouch. Like Doug could have could have ran six man after he got done with playing football. He definitely could have gotten the battle together because he was ridiculously strong and athletic. So just imagine, like, just a monster, like a Space Jam monster from movie, <laughs> out there on these economic professors. Guys is teaching for a living. He's out there giving lessons. Doug is out there blessing for. <laughs> So what year was that when you guys got banned from the bookstore tournament? Uh, 2000 and it was the spring of 2017. Oh, yeah. so that was coming off that 2016 season. Yeah. Before that season. I don't know. It was. Either way, it's indicative. Whatever year Omar did The Bachelor and tore his ACL, that's the year that we was uh, – he did the, the student version of The Bachelor and then and you, he did You the, bookmark it with The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> so much crazy stuff happened. <laughs> hey, here's something for you guys. Irish Hammer 54 says, do you guys feel Freeman will bring back the former players and make things more family at Notre Dame? Like in the past, get those sidelines full of legendary players to get things hyped. Let's get it. I hope so, because the one thing that prevented a lot of guys now is that you'll call back up to school and they'll act like you're brand new. They'd be like, wait a minute, I'm not a recruit. Like, you know, remember me? I was just there like last year. Like, Coach Kelly would be quick to be like, oh, I kind of remember you. But now, you know, Marcus Freeman's from Dayton. So I know if anything, me and Fink. Here we go. First, first class flights. Passes, whatever we want, for sure. <laughs> Nine three seven, baby. Nine three seven, come on. It, me think and Ben something had to crawl from Marcus Freeman to walk. That's, don't forget, don't don't forget Nick Coleman. Oh, Nick Coleman, yeah. See, I was saying we got the hidden gems. Nick Coleman definitely too. Man, I just you know what I just realized, Malik. Every guest on our show has been from Ohio to this point. <laughs> That's right. That I'm, right. I'm always caught in between two Ohio dudes. Who, who else would you want? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, so, I don't understand the options okay. here. I'm glad Chris is here because he can settle this debate, right? So <laughs> Malik was throwing shade at food in Chicago because he was like, dude, the, the city's huge. Like, of course you got decent food. So he's talking about how great the food was in the Dayton area. Yeah, Dorothy Lane Market. Talk about the killer brownies. Talk about the killer brownies. The killer brownies, the killer brownies. dude. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, you know who's, you know who came up with the recipe for the killer brownie, Malik. Ooh. You remember Connor Wood? Connor Wood came up with no, 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 no. His mom, his mom. Wow. Like one, one of my childhood best friends' mom, who would cook for us all the time. Her recipe was the killer brownie. She used to work at Dorothy Lane Market. And I think they might have kind of taken it from her, to be honest. Oh, yeah. You had to. Yeah, you I know. Did, you know. But the brown, one word to describe the killer brownie would be killer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but talk about the food. Because I'm telling him, like, 
we got things that you can't find anywhere else. Like we got things like a Bill's Donuts. We got things like Dorothy Lane. But th- there's restaurants, you know what I'm saying, in, in Dayton, Ohio, that sets itself apart from an average Chicago pizza thing. Because <laughs> that's just what everybody wants to talk about, the pizza. Why do you keep bringing up great. dude? Only people outside of Chicago talk about pizza in Chicago. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> in Chicago talks about pizza? Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? You're gonna relegate us to just a pizza? That's that's our that's our thing. We just no, I mean I got a, I got a couple of spots, but it's I mean JJ's chicken and fish in Dayton, Ohio oh. is just something different. <laughs> <laughs> so you think JJ's is better than Harold's? <laughs> Harold's is like point. international. NBA players come in, they land, they go to Harold's. <laughs> but you want to talk about JJ's? Yeah, I'm, some things just don't change, man. I'll just tell you that. Well, between you and Jordan Cornette, well, I can't be able to deal. Y'all just swear like y'all swear like Ohio is just the best at everything. Listen, two of the top five teams in the country. You ever been on an airplane? You ever been on an airplane? Yeah, you ever been on an airplane? (laughs) Have I ever been on an airplane? Yeah, have you? Yeah. Orville and Wilbur Wright, baby. Here we go. Are we? Are we? Dayton, Ohio. Go now? Yeah. How you, look, how you? How you? even gonna be connected if it wasn't for us, man? It's Dayton. Dayton makes the world go round. Let's just be honest. Malik, I gave you credit for that. Like the last two episodes when we had guests from Ohio, did I not? Did it's I just not? You got It's a reoccurring theme, though. Can you just find yourself saying, "Man"? All thank I'm you, asking Dayton. is that you take the pizza tag off Chicago. <laughs> okay. I'm not asking for can we get the pizza tag taken off Chicago? We'll take the pizza tag off. Thank you. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. Chris, do you have to run? Nah, I'm good. Okay, stick around. Yo, did you guys know that EA Sports just announced that they're going to officially drop uh, the return of the college football game, NCAA football, in the summer of 2023? A lot of people are excited about this, but this is my question. You know, I always say, and Malik, you know, you keep running from me and Matt, so eventually it's going to have to happen. <laughs> it's going to have to happen. Nice keep running. <laughs> but it's all good. I feel like, don't you know who a player is immediately when they pick their team? When you see who they pick, you're like, okay, I see, I see how this dude is not that good. When they pick the best team, if you're like picking Tom Brady and Madden just off the bat, I question your skills. Because I figure by the time the summer 2023, Notre Dame squad will be pretty good on that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame squad was good when it, when it last dropped in 2014. That's when was, I mean, I'll never forget. We stayed in the dorms. We waited till 12. We drove to the Walmart. The whole the whole team drove to Walmart. This right. So we waited just to see our ratings on the game. We didn't really play the game. For we selfish reasons, you just want to see your ratings. We just had to see what we was. So you were gonna bump it up anyway. (laughs) You were gonna bump up your rating anyway. So this is my question. Who's your alternate squad? Because all three of us are gonna open the game, set up the dynasty with Notre Dame, right? But you have to have an alternate squad that you rock with. Right? Who's gonna be the alternate squad? Mine was always Northern Illinois because it was always – Northern Illinois always had a bunch of Chicago area kids that I knew from, from watching prep high school football. Yeah. So I knew they went to Northern Illinois, so I would get them and make them better. 
and eventually win a national championship. That was my alternate squad. Your alternate squad is going to be like Dayton or somebody. If they no, had no, no, alternate squad, no, alternate squad for me was definitely like a mid Tennessee state, you know, middle Tennessee, just because they were so bad. And I used to love, I used to have a playbook. So, you know, I used to just take the playbooks and put on different teams. And when you beat a, when you beat somebody with the worst team on the game, you're talking about the ultimate brag. So, Right. Middle Tennessee was my team. I used to alternate team. Chris, what about you? I'm more of like a three random guy instead of just picking your team. Okay. But if I had to go with one of those, it would probably be Tulane because I like the green wave. And like the green wave. Okay. You, can put a play, you can put a playbook on anybody. <laughs> right. That's, That's right. true. Facts. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I've got Joe Delores says Western Michigan was his squad. And also more love for Ohio. John Clinic, Casey Tasty Diner was with it in Dayton. And is Dewey's in Dayton? Yeah. Dewey's in Dayton. Dewey's in Dayton. And we got Marion's Pizza. That's another, that's another hidden gem. Marion's is right next to our high school. So, you know. And Piata, look, we got Piata. They yeah, sleep on Piata. Piata is all oh, Italian street food. <laughs> DBZ says JJ's is slapping with a two-piece fish and fries. <laughs> we, we, we'll take over the whole channel. I had to turn to the Food Network after this, talking about Oh, food. man, these comments. Oh, man, here we go. Hampton says Marion's Pizza, Dayton, Ohio. You guys are lovely, aren't you? WDAO. Is that like a TV station in Dayton? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he called it a TV station. Oh, dude. <laughs> Raheem Pelham, love the podcast. Question. I hope I am wrong, but Buckner has given me Wimbush pie. Great runner, but never improved this accuracy as a passer. Thoughts. Can I mean, you tell him that this is it's a straight system question? Let me say I will not tolerate any Brandon Brandon Wimbush yeah, on right. the waves, please. My college roommate, one of my best yeah, friends. Yeah, that's right. Tell him how Brandon can throw. It just if you tell him to run fifty times in a row and then tell him to pass, it's not an easy thing to do. That's a good point. Coming from a quarterback, you would know better than I. I will <laughs> say Brandon had one of the best deep balls I've ever received in my life. That's right. In general. Um 
but yeah, I mean, people don't know how hard it is and people love to critique. Um, so like I said, I'm not tolerating any Brandon Wimbush slander. You guys can speak on it if you want, but that's my boy. No, we talked about it. I, and I've talked to people around the program that work for various publications that cover Notre Dame during that time. I don't think they did a really good job of building the offense around Brandon's skill set. I think yeah. it was kind of like, you know, fit a square into a, a you know, peg hole. You know, just you for trying to force him to run your offense instead of really building the offense around his attributes. I mean, he was he was a dominant runner of the football. Dominant. Like he could take over games. Like that USC game, that USC night game, he just took over in the first half. And it was like, okay. And then people get upset. They always want to point out the Miami game. And I think ultimately that's that's when we saw Ian come in in the second half and then things kind of changed from there. But, man, he was a stud, especially if you go watch his high school film. Like, you're looking like, yo, this dude can, like, sling the rock all over the place. And then all of a sudden he gets to know the name. I don't – I just think from what I've heard that – they didn't do a good job of forming an offense around his skill set. But how does that happen? I mean, that's your starting quarterback. You talking about the offensive fit isn't right for him. I just think that's a part of a bigger scheme at the end of the day. It has to be. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, Nick was there 2017, 16. So you know more than I would because I had left at that point. Right. Um, no, I think that's a good assessment. I mean, I think Brandon probably just wasn't able to ever get comfortable um, with what they were asking him to do. Obviously, you said he's a great runner, and um, you know the offense could have been formulated better to to his skill set as well. But um, you know, he he was a great player in my mind, and um, unfortunate how how things turn out sometimes with you know him him ended up leaving. But um, yeah, I just I I think he was a good player. I think like so many good players in college football, um, you know, things don't always stack up in a line um, to the, to the perfect narrative or storyline that you would want. But um, I, I, you know, up until that Miami game, I mean, people, people were loving him. The fans turned so quickly, which bothers me. Like, uh, I don't know, even this comment just came in, like Tyler Buckner's played like a little bit this season and this dude's already worried about, you know, oh, he can't play next season. Like, just let the kid give the kid a chance. And he hasn't played football since like 2019, right? <laughs> Steps on the campus and like you expect him to be Joe Montana yeah. in this piece. It's like no, I just do not expect him to have a hamstring. Yeah, now that's crazy. You know, we don't <laughs> see a lot of quarterbacks pull a hamstring running. <laughs> <laughs> if he don't have a hamstring injury, that's I mean, come on, what quarterback? That's not starting all season gets a hamstring injury. They running too hard. You didn't even have a hamstring injury. Did no, you did. No, but you know. I I, ha- I that's what's been killing me lately is hamstring Yeah. Injury, so like you're a receiver though. How hard is it to do even do that? You would have to be straining yourself, right? <laughs> I don't know. I I will say once you get one, it's so easy to get a second. Oh my goodness, that's terrible. Yeah, oh boy. Pressure. You guys know about this one, the little burger cart. See, they popping up now. I they popping up with all types of stuff now. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if that's the name of the place or if there is a little burger cart. 
I've never, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, it might just be a cart somewhere. Floating What's he talking about? Uh, Volties. You ever had Volties? That it. That is a little burger cart, but that's not the name of it. That's not the name of it, though. Absolutely. They got to go to, uh, what is it called? Um, Oakwood's Pine Club. See, they don't even know about that. No, there's there's the Oakwood Club, and then there's the Pine Club. Two oh, separate yeah, yeah. Yes, the two different places. The Pine Both Club. Both great. Both great. We got to take you there, Sean. Definitely. The hey, Club. I'm all for it. So we hitting, man, when we go for the Ohio State game to do the live show, we Are you going to, Mama, to we going Mama Zaire's house, right? We're going to grandma's house. Oh yeah, that's that's next level though. That's that's a holiday event. That's a okay. Thanksgiving, a Easter. You know, you go over grandma's house, but we're gonna start slow with you, Sean. We're gonna have to build you up through the history. No, 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 no. I love cuisine. You don't have to start slow. <laughs> you can throw me in. Don't treat me like that. Put me in. I know all the route trees when it comes to food. Like, we'll throw you in there. Throw me in. Give me the best that Dayton has to offer. <laughs> and I'll let you know, especially if we're talking fish and chicken. That's right. That's right. See, somebody stood up for us, man. Stand up, Chicago. Search the green nine. Girl and the goat. I got to go with Chicago. Girl and the goat is the best. Okay. Downtown area, very smooth, slick back. You can come in there casual. You can actually come in there on a date. Very versatile spot. Great food. Y'all definitely winning with the names. Girl in the yeah, goat. Check it out. That's it's the goat city. <laughs> it's the goat city. You just had to throw the girl in there. Now I, I stop I stopped short of saying we had the best girls. <laughs> I'm short of that. But we definitely are the goat city. Tell the podcast about the, the perception of how we feel about Michigan and 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 if we think they're actually really good or not. I feel like we have the same perception of Michigan and Notre Dame as Ohio State has of Michigan. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I mean, I only played them two times while I was there, so it's not like an every-year rivalry. Um, so it's it's a little different as well for, like, fans who have been Notre Dame fans their whole life and been playing, you know, been watching Michigan games for a long time as opposed to, like, players who get there and have never played them and haven't been a Notre Dame fan their whole life. So I would say the rivalry doesn't feel as intense as, like, a USC does just because we play them every year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think – it's obviously a huge game. Um, general dislike between the teams, I think. And, you know, we went one and one against them. We won at home and got smoked in the big house, which was a huge bummer. Um, but I, I do love to beat Michigan as a player. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't view them as like my least favorite team. And you know, Ohio State they, they won't even write an M on the campus that week, so like it's, it's not quite the same. Yeah, that's 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 a little deeper than I think most Notre Dame's Notre Dame fans feel about Michigan. Yeah, that's not even Michigan's not even like the rival I dislike the most. Like, yeah, who is the rival you dislike the most? USC, gotta be. USC. Yeah. Because my dad, my dad is a huge USC, USC fan. It's like my dad grew up in the era when they had like that run of running backs. You know, it was like Charles White, OJ, and they just had running back after running back. And that's when he fell in love with USC. So growing up, that's like USC, USC. And then when my grandfather took me to my first Notre Dame game, I was like, thank you. <laughs> it was like I had been smothered all my life. And I finally like saw the light, like, oh man, there is something besides USC. 
And that's why I became a fan immediately, man. So, yeah, USC is like my most hated rival. And, of course, where does my money go, Malik? For tuition? <laughs> for my daughter? USC. It's, 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 it's a double entendre or something like that. That's pretty good. Life comes full circle, right? It does. It does. Here's another. Let's get to some of these comments, man, so we can get out of here. Hamburger wagon in Dayton, Ohio. I, I think people are making stuff up. Yeah, yeah carts and wagons, and uh, I don't know. I haven't heard of the last four. <laughs> but it's called the hamburger oh. wheel. It's literally a little cart. It's awesome. Been there since 1913. I gotta check it out. See, the history just keeps growing with Dayton. I turn around and find something new out every day. Shout out to Irish Hammer, who's always checking in with us. Fifty-four, fantastic show. Thank you, Lucky Lucky Lefty is the best. We appreciate you, LL Nation. Go back to the top. Akron Zips for me, talking about the team. Sean Hunter said that's the team, the alternate team he uses. Probably the only person that uses Akron Zips. <laughs> yeah, I've been good since before I was even here. I do want to ask you, though, Chris, you know, going into those, those big bowl games, you've been on a lot of up and down seasons, but mostly good seasons. What was the attitude of the locker room, what was your attitude going into our big bowl games that you were able to be a part of? Um, I think the attitude is always the same. It's just like a general excitement to play the game and obviously a desire to win. One thing that frustrates me is when, um, like, for example, this season, I don't know if anyone said it yet, but this is the type of season where someone might is, uh, you know, Notre Dame just missed the playoff. They probably don't care about this game. They're probably more disappointed about missing the playoff than winning this game. Yeah, that disappointment happens for i don't know if a couple days and you have so much time to shake it off like do you think a dude playing in a college football game doesn't want to win that game more than any fan wants him to win it or anybody watching like you're out of your mind like dudes want to win dudes are preparing to win it's not like oh let's go to where is it uh phoenix let's go to phoenix and hit the casino and then a game will happen like that's not that's not how it is i want to beat the team we're playing because as fun as like a bowl game is and a bowl trip is, like if you end the season on a loss, like a lot of people don't know this, like your off-season workouts are just going to be so miserable. Yeah. Like, like Coach Bayless will, will make it just a little bit harder. Just like if you end on a win, it's just a little bit nicer going in the off-season. Even if it's not that much, it, it won't be like easy. You're still going to work hard, but like just the attitude in the building will be like, all right, like big, we ended on a big win, like great, great momentum rolling into the next year. Like everybody wants to win. So, man, anything special that you want to point out, Chris? Um, what are you doing? Let fans know where they can follow you. And uh, other than getting ready to get back on the field in the NFL, is there any else, anything else you want to promote? Um, oh, I'll promote the shirt I'm wearing. Where is it? There it is. JM, Jake Max. It's a company started by my buddy, um, named after his cousins, Jake and Max, who have special needs. And uh, all the designs on the shirts are – uh, by people with disabilities so it's a cool thing if you want to check it out but um no nothing nothing really to plug other than that it's been a great time being on the lucky lefty podcast with you sean and malik i really appreciate you guys having me on um it's it's just been great chopping up with you guys i had a great time yo yeah, we want to see you back out there man thank you and next time for the fans, hopefully you'll have more crypto information because yeah. I guess you did. <laughs> I guess you did. Have to study up. Let me tell you something, man. I'm going to leave this show mind blown. I, all day I'm going to think about Mike McGlinchey hooping, man. I, 
Ask him about it. It's it's a great. I'm telling you, you'll be like, you need a hoop mixtape or something, man. You Yo, so now because you were in San Fran, right? You played mm-hmm. with the 49ers. I did for a little bit last so year. Was he out there busting like NFL players on the court too? No, no, no nobody was playing basketball while I was out there. Okay, 